0: Hi friends, surprise, I'm bringing to you an episode on a Monday. I've been having so much fun recording podcast episodes that I'm going to start trying to release two episodes a week. That's every Monday and Thursday. After a relaxing spring break and taking a full disconnected week off in Maui, I'm back and I'm refreshed. This week's guests are in honor of next week's National Infertility Awareness Week, which runs from April 18th through the 24th. I wanted to bring them on the show because their stories are so impactful to anybody that's going through an infertility journey. Plus, they're amazing moms who run incredible companies. And actually, this Thursday, there's even a dad on the show. Today's guest is Christine Bullock. She's a trusted voice in the wellness industry, been featured in almost every fitness and health publication, and after two decades training celebrities to athletes, she knows what works to feel and look your best. Christine is not only the creator of numerous award-winning fitness programs, but also an award-winning skincare brand called K.O. Body Care, plus her newest line, K.O. Hemp. But above all, Christine is a mom of two little girls, one adopted and one biological, who was just born in 2020. After battling years of undiagnosed PCOS, hypothyroidism, and years of infertility, including five years of fertility treatments, multiple rounds of IVF, acupuncture, and many miscarriages, Christine finally adopted a baby girl. In this episode, she shares her motherhood journey Pre, postnatal, and general health and wellness tips that led her to being energetic and feeling great today, and how she's able to run multiple businesses while also managing two little ones. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima-Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about a virtual event that my friend Ali Prado and Blair Nelson, the co founders of Fertility Rally, are hosting this Saturday, April 17th. It's called Fertility Rally Live, and it's an all-day jam-packed event featuring the infertility community's most respected and sought-after keynote speakers and influencers, no BS panels, powerful breakout sessions, mic drop moments, insane virtual swag bags, and all the support one could ever imagine from their hashtag TTC community. That's trying to conceive community for those who are not familiar with the lingo. If you or someone you love is going through infertility, pregnancy after infertility, or building their modern families, you do not want to miss this event. Some of the speakers include Mina Starsek of HGTV's Good Bones, Jessica Zucker, author of I Had a Miscarriage, Holly and Blake Julian of The Bachelor, and many other doctors, experts, and infertility warriors. Plus, there are exhibitor boots and giveaways all day long from wellness and fertility-friendly brands. Some of the topics they're going to cover are egg freezing, IVF, secondary infertility, pregnancy after infertility, adoption, embryo adoption, surrogacy, PCOS, plus-size infertility, living childless, not by choice, male factor infertility, genetic testing, and so much more. Literally, I think they're covering every single topic imaginable about infertility you will leave feeling inspired, educated, and empowered. For tickets, go to fertilityrally.com and check out more on their Instagram at fertilityrally. Again, that's fertilityrally.com and it's this Saturday, April 17th. Hi, and welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. I'm really excited today to speak with fitness and lifestyle expert, founder of KO Body Care, fitness program creator, model, and one hot mama of two, Christine Bullock. Welcome such an intro thank you well just stare at you you're like glowing <laughs> like a tired mom but thank you <laughs> well you don't look tired you look fantastic and I want to like dive into some of your secrets there because I would love to look like you after having a baby <laughs> but I wanted to start with what is your biggest mom win of the week
1: I think my, my three-year-old was going through, we took her out of school for a while. She actually can be in Montessori down here right now through quarantine, but we've been, we took her out two weeks before Thanksgiving. We haven't put her back in yet. And she was just having like behavioral problems, like breakdowns. And we got a little listening chart for her, a couple charts, a nap chart, a listening chart, all this stuff with the little stars for the week. And she gets prizes or treats or whatever and she has had no breakdowns. She's been napping regularly. She listens really well. So I'm like, it's been like a year almost with her just kind of pushing back. So that's my win. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: nice. And it gives you a little bit of space to work and do things. Yes. <laughs> so to give a little context for the audience, give us a little bit of background about your family structure, you know, how many kids ages and what's your family situation?
1: Yeah. So I have been married for 10 years. We just had celebrated our 10 year relationship by doing nothing in quarantine, (laughs) but that's okay. That is our marriage. We're happy with that. And we have two littles. I adopted our, we have a three-year-old Remington Rain, three and a half actually. And we adopted her at birth and I just had Penelope Sky back in June. So she is seven months old. Wow. And does your husband work
0: also? What does that look like?
1: My husband and I are both from Pittsburgh originally. We live out here right by you, Manhattan Beach (laughs) out in Los Angeles. We moved here over a decade ago. And for him, it might be over 15 years ago. And we actually met here in Los Angeles. I walked into a bar and met him as soon as I moved here. But we, we do, we both own our own businesses. So it's kind of evolved within our relationships where we both worked for people and worked in our specialties. And then each of us decided to build careers for our own We're definitely the type A's of our families. My husband runs a national law business. It's mainly in California, but he's expanded it. And it's kind of like a WeWorks meets Soho house for law. And it's great because it went really digital in the time of quarantine. So lawyers could work digitally. And then for myself, I have been in the fitness industry for over 20 years and the beauty industry simultaneously. And eventually I combine these to create KO body care. So I own a body skincare brand and supplements now as well.
0: So two entrepreneurs in a marriage together, balancing that all with two kids. Like what does a typical day look like? I know entrepreneurs, you go into entrepreneurship because you're like, yay, this is exciting. We can make our own schedules, but sometimes that could be also complicated. Where do your kids go, you know, during the day, especially now during quarantine and having a seven month old, like how do you get work done? We kind of live
1: by the same schedule and he, he is really supportive. I feel like I don't want to say I trained him well, but I kind of trained him well, even in the marriage before kids, I was like, this is your laundry. And I would just keep piling it on the bed. And I'm like, you got to do it. Or like, these are your dishes. And so you have to put them in the dishwasher, you know? And so because of that, I feel like I don't do as many small steps that in running a company, like if I had to come out of that and then do all of that other kind of stuff as well as take care of the kids and think about that, and manage the house, which I do, it'd be too much. I mean, we would be like, <laughs> so he is great at balancing out especially with two, he has really taken on the toddler for me. I feel like seven months out, I finally recuperated, like just after New Year's. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like you're out of the fog a bit. You know how that goes? Like, oh, wow. How did I just manage all of that for this long? And so I'm back into the toddler and, you know, with everything. But basically we just wake up really early. I mean, he is a really early bird. He always has been. He's up at like five. Unfortunately, I'm up at five every day right now just because I can hear the baby. She lays in there for an hour, but I'm still up. And then we just basically go and, you know, we're each making breakfast for the kids. He's already answering emails and he's really good at balancing that. Where I don't know if he is good, but he just does it. (laughs) You know, where he's working and kid. I'm very focused where. I learned my first year with my first daughter that I couldn't do it all at all times because I wasn't being effective. So I learned that I had, when I'm at work, I'm at work and even though I'm in the house and when I'm with the kiddos, I'm with the kiddos. So I really try and put that phone down and I, and I'm not on it. I just can't manage it. So, right. so you're no, like hundred percent present.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you have any morning rituals there when you wake up in the morning? Do you start your day off in a certain way or is it kind of just like baby's crying, you know, gotta go? Actually, this started, I
1: used to meditate in the morning, even with Remy. I would try and get a little prayer time in or we would work out before she woke up actually too. We would do a little personal workout and he still does. I prefer a little bit of extra sleep and I have to be upstairs to hear the babies too while he's working out. But he actually brings me my coffee in bed. (sighs) So that started just with the newborn and now he's like a little OCD. So he loves these patterns. I'm like, that's great. So I literally wake up with my coffee in bed and I just kind of slowly wake up. I think about my day. I may check my calendar just to see if I need to really rush through this breakfast with the kids or not. But I try and calendar things at like 10 or later, just so mommy has enough time for herself in the morning, like feed the kids, spend some time with them, get them changed, maybe have a little mini 20, 30 minute workout for mom, like three days a week. And then a shower if I need to, you know, get ready for the day and be off.
0: So you said 20, like, 30 short workouts. Is that all you're doing right now? Because for those of you who can't see her on screen, just go to her website and take a look at the photos or her Instagram. But you are, I mean, I know your background is fitness, but having a kid only seven months ago, how did you do that?
1: I don't know. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. No, that's the funny part. And I really don't have time for many workouts. And like, I don't like saying that because People are like, eh, shut up. (laughs) But I get that because my background is I've had a lot of health issues in the past that I've dealt with. I had hypothyroid about 10 years ago. It really hit me hard. So I have hypothyroid and I have PCOS, which I kind of found out and evolved through those years. But with both of those, you have very low energy. You gain weight very easily with PCOS. It's almost like diabetes where everything that you eat turns instead of being utilized as energy it turns to sugar basically is stored as fat because your body's you know I guess always nervous that it's not going to get that I don't know so you have low energy you gain a lot of weight acne all that kind of stuff and I for the past I would say eight years or so really fought with the weight gain I knew how to manage it I knew how to really put in the work I mean I, create very effective workouts where I don't even feel like people should be doing 60 minutes of my workouts. Cause it's almost like pushing the body too much. I think a good 20, 30, maybe 40 minute workout is great with the kind of fitness that I create, but it was a, you know, a complete management of my diet of what I was eating and eating really healthy, nutritious foods for that energy. And with lower calorie, extra calories, I should say, and fitness. But I will say after having baby, I feel like it actually balanced my hormones because it did drop off kind of easily. The actually added weight,
0: I gained about like 25 pounds. Were you breastfeeding or I, I, I always said, I was like, I love breastfeeding because I literally feel like they're sucking the fat away from you. Like know. they're like making you lose weight. Some <laughs> I women know. I know that doesn't happen too, but yeah. I, and you know, for those who can't breastfeed, like, don't worry. Like there's other like, things. I was like, <laughs> I
1: don't want to give it up. It's yeah. Such an easy workout. I never worked yeah. out.
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> well, for like busy moms out there too. Do you yeah. have any, I guess like tangible tips that you can give them on either like healthy food hacks that you did or fitness things that they can do to either lose the postpartum weight or lose the 15 years later weight?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So first of all, I'm a pre and postnatal specialist as my fitness training evolved over the 20 years. I obviously had a lot of women that aged with me and had babies. So I really wanted to specialize in that. So not only do I have like general fitness for pre and postnatal Pilates for pre and postnatal, but I studied under a doula and yoga instructor. So I learned from a doula, how to prepare women for pregnancy, for easier pregnancy and delivery, and then how to repair postnatally. And it was not just physical, but it's nutritionally as well. And I think one of the biggest things, and I adopted my first daughter, as I mentioned, but that's what was so exciting about birthing. My daughter was not really having one biologically. I really didn't care about that. It was experiencing birth, you know, pregnancy and birth and the postnatal repair almost just, I'm such a research. I'm such a science geek about this kind of stuff and like trying it on myself. And I had always recommended my clients and it just works. So it's the 40 day sadhana. I might not be saying it wrong. And that's because I'm Still postnatal brain dead right now, but it's basically just 40 days of rest after basically what it means is some people don't even leave the house and the baby is never farther than like you can just see them and they can feel your presence because think they've been with you that entire time. We took walks and I mean, we were in quarantine, so we really didn't do much anyway. And it was a perfect excuse, but I rested. And I think that's really important for your repair. If you get back into it too quickly, you can actually, you're decreasing the energy of your body to do everything. And you can actually damage the success that you're gonna have later on. You make it harder on yourself. So I say to everybody, like I get so many women, I love your postnatal workouts on Fit On, I'm about to do them. I'm like, well, how many days out are you? Just rest, just enjoy the baby, repair, try and get as much sleep as you can. So I definitely did that. I ate a really nutritious diet afterwards. It's recommended of like doll, like just really stews, things are your body temperature that are really nutrient rich and already broken down for your digestive system so that your energy isn't utilized, breaking down that food that you need to create milk, to just take care of baby, all that kind of stuff and repair. So I ate a lot of stews. I ate a lot of protein too. I needed that. I used to be vegan, but I found during pregnancy and postnatally, I needed a really animal protein-rich diet. and So, so
0: that's like, where the brisket comes in. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I never
1: ate red meat. I grew up pescatarian. My mom was a pescatarian. And I hadn't eaten red meat until I met my husband in probably like my early 30s. And even then I was like, "Uh." And then quarantine, I, my best friend lives down the street. And her husband makes brisket almost every weekend for us. And I'm like, ah, this is So. <laughs> Have a brisket is key to repair and, and getting tone. But I will say I actually think that that was part of it for me too, is this high protein diet for me works for my body, you know? And I think that was part of it personally, which I didn't do before my pregnancies. I was mainly vegan and I was constantly struggling, even vegan with kind of weight, not feeling good, not putting on the muscle that I needed, even though it was working out all the time. Cause I wasn't getting the amino acid profiles that I needed to sustain that energy, to sustain the muscle. I was depleted all the time.
0: And I think that's an important point that you need to do what's best for your body but also being curious and recognizing what is good for your body. Cause you might think vegan is great for you, but it might not be. And so to explore those options. Mm-hmm. So you said you rested for the 40 days. Did that mean you rested too from your business? What did your maternity leave look like? <laughs> Cause you do run multiple companies. So I've I'm never, curious. I've never
1: had a maternity leave with, with Remington, we found out we were adopting her about three, two or three months before. And so even with an adoption, at birth. Obviously my body didn't go through all of it, but I think I had to fly out of town like a month, three weeks after she was born and it broke my heart, but we had already planned this HSN being on home shopping network with my body care brand. And so I couldn't get out of it. And so I worked right after her birth, all that kind of stuff. And then with Penelope, I was like, look guys, I'm taking two months. I was like three months. And then I was like two months and I was like one month. And then I basically only took off two weeks, I think. And not even that, like I was answering emails, but I was straight back into the office full time with Penelope two weeks after birth. Wow. How did you do that? Did you bring her with you? Did you like- yeah. I mean, luckily that, you know, I work from my office, which is in the home. Okay. So that's one thing. And we would just have her here or she's really close by and I have the monitor. I would bring her in on the zooms. I would be breastfeeding and I would just be like, sorry, guys, droop," you know, turn the, the visuals off. And my poor president as a, a man, and he's always just I can hear her I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm working. So luckily everybody was totally okay with it and loved it. I mean, it was tiring, but because of quarantine, we were launching 20, almost 20 new products and it just pushed it back to where our launch was directly after I gave birth. So kind of just worked up. Out that gave way. Gave birth to a product, gave birth to a baby. Yes, I did. I say I gave birth to 20, 20 little babies
0: this year. You know, year. this this might sound weird, but for me, maternity leave, I never could rest either. And I ended up launching things during maternity leave because for some reason, I think it was the postpartum like hormones gave me more energy to do things. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's weird, but that was me. And then Actually, for me at the six month mark with my second, I hit a wall and I was like, I need to rest. And I kind of just went in a cave for a little bit to replenish. That's
1: what I went through too. a lot of it. I mean, you have so I'm very, very sensitive to any little thing I put in my body and any change in my body. Pregnancy, I was like, my husband, I'm like, you are so lucky. I'm like the sweetest person ever. I love everything. No moods. Postnatally, it was the same thing. I was just, and then you hit that six month wall and I was under a lot of stress too. My breast milk had dropped off because of A week or two of stress as well. And I was like, I can't deal with this supplementing and all this kind of stuff. And so all of it hit at the same time. And it was the same way. And then you really do notice a big change in your hormones around that time. And I needed rest as well. And I didn't, I haven't gotten it yet.
0: I don't think you do. And you have two kids now, so you're not going so to, you, know, yeah. like, you have more than two businesses and more than two kids. So I don't think you're getting that rest. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about your adoption and then your natural pregnancy, because I know that you went through many years of infertility, IVF. Do you mind sharing a little of that story? Because you know, it wasn't just this rosy, like, yay, here's a baby. Look how pretty we look on Instagram. You know, there was a lot of stuff behind it talk a little bit about how you decide to go through adoption. And then if there's any like reasoning or reason you believe like how you got pregnant naturally after all of this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, we, I am, I've always been an open book with this and I feel like especially on social media, I feel really blessed to have had such supportive, like a great community. It's not even that they're supportive of me. I'm supportive of them. It's a community of women and They've just been so helpful. So I felt like I could always share this kind of stuff. But the PCO, I mean, I did not know I had PCOS or low thyroid. I just know I didn't feel good. And at this point, I was a fitness model. I was teaching fitness. I was on sets for 12 hours a day doing fitness. I really, and I was a ballerina years prior to that. So I knew how to push my body. And it only, then it would break down and you'd be like, I got to go back because the only way it would feel better is to push it again for a couple of days. And so, I really had broken down my body. The inflammation had broken down my body. And I feel like it had turned on those kind of hormones where may, maybe in my twenties, they weren't, I didn't really notice the PCOS at all, but environmentally it had like shot them up. So I had busted my thyroid. Basically I say, my, the PCOS had turned on. We didn't know it. I wasn't getting a period and that's because of the PCOS and probably my body weight as well. My The percentage of fat that I had at that time. And immediately, so I went to a fertility specialist here in Beverly Hills, some of the top, all the celebrities go to, and I felt like it was like a farm. Like they just got you right into it. And looking back, I wish I would have known, I would have led from my heart more, but I was like, okay, let's just go with it. You know, you kind of, sometimes you're distracted with the world and the other things. So you just do something. So I went through that for years and I did acupuncture with it and we went through so many IUIs, IVF, and we finally transferred down to one here in Donda with us. Angelina Jolie, I think, went to this one he's noted for. So there really were great ones, I guess. I don't know, but they were high quality. I never got pregnant. And on that last one,
0: was there any explanation besides the PCOS or
1: they didn't even tell me I had PCOS. I mean, I wish somebody would have told me, you know, what the root problem was because I would have treated (sighs) it. I was, I took time off of fitness. I was eating so healthy. I was doing acupuncture almost every week. And in that in of itself was stressful trying to get everywhere every week and injecting blah, 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 and doing the whole schedule as anybody who's gone through fertility knows. And especially in LA traffic. I mean, it wasn't like everything was so local, but Finally, someone had told me I had a low thyroid. And that's when I was like, well, let me work on that. And that's why I started meditating, taking time off fitness, full time off. People ask me all the time about thyroid issues. And they first of all, I'm like high intensity, you got to drop it. You know what I mean? All that jumping and all that heart rate and decrease. It's just stressing your body out too much. Looking back, I needed a lot more anti-inflammatories. And I say that because it really led me to creating a lot of stuff for KO and realizing this is the base for all of us, for our beauty, our youth, our vitality and repair. So then we decided we were always going to adopt. Always, always was a passion of mine since I was a little girl.
0: What inspired that?
1: (laughs) I have Annie. I honestly have no idea. But I always said I was going to adopt and it was something I ran by boyfriends and my husband was like, yes, totally. I'm completely okay with this. And I always envisioned a little girl, not that I would adopt her, just this little girl I had visions of. It's a little girl with blonde hair and these big, bright blue eyes. And then through the years, it was curly hair. And the funny thing was, I never knew if I was going to adopt. It was just an option I wanted So on that last failed IVF, I remember my husband crying too, and he was like, let's just adopt. He's like such an action person where I have to kind of think it through and he just goes and does it. And we had the quickest adoption process ever. I mean, the longest part of adoption is actually the paperwork that you have to go through, which is great. You have classes, personal visits. And if you can get through all the paperwork, that like we did it in like three months and that's really fast and then we you apply basically to families through a little book and you tell about your family where you live all that kind of stuff we applied to two families and I just told him I was like I don't think this is right you know I can feel that it's not this isn't the one and I don't think they ever responded to us but what what happened was we evolved the book because at first we were like this is us this is us Then we started to add really funny things into it as well, which is very much like us. And with our birth parents, they were looking for, it was like literally a funny, lighthearted family around the same age, that kind of stuff. We flew up to meet them in Seattle. We just totally got along. And like two months later,
0: Remington was born.
1: Wow! Yeah. So it was a fast process of like, I I don't know. It was just unbelievable. And I, where were you at?
0: in your business at that time too? Like, where were you guys personally? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, it's hard to make that switch or they start something after or they, you know, transition. Where was your business at that time? Did you have KO? Did you have, like, where were you? I have just
1: launched KO. I think I had just launched KO that spring and she was born the next spring. So like almost a year later, but we had gotten awards. It was crazy. We were literally at the precipice of our business. We had disrupted the skincare industry with a focus on face grade body care. We were the first, like every magazine was writing like the new trend is face grade body care, which is our trademark. Actually, we like came up with it. And it was just the two, you know, I had a former business partner and it was the two of us like managing every part of the business and learning every part of it because, Going from fitness and even working in beauty before, I'd worked with plastic surgeons. I'd been a national trainer for Sephora. You never know the back end of formulating, of sales, of all of that kind of stuff. For my husband, I feel like he was a little bit better off. He had talked his whole family into working for him, basically. And he had a staff of like 30, you know, so he could help manage it a bit more. But I was still doing everything.
0: Cause I was gonna say, when you adopt and you said like three month turnaround, it's different when you're pregnant, you have like nine months to think about this, to plan, to set things up, but it's like one day you just find out. And then all of a sudden you have a baby in your arms and you're like, so how did that go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I will tell you the lead up to it too. And I just think for women who have gone through fertility, this is important. And even adoption, I look back and I didn't realize I was actively depressed. And that's the only time in my life I could ever say that, but I wasn't mopey. Like I wasn't like the person I was just working and being myself and stuff, but it was the fear that that birth mom would pull out and I was prepping a nursery and they tell you, just put it in your Amazon cart and get it. When you have that, bring that baby home. I'm like, I can't do that. I got to prep. So I will say it was a crazy time for me. You know, it was a stressful time worrying that this baby that I had worked so five years, we did fertility wow, and, you know, waiting for this baby to come along. And then she came along and it was absolutely amazing. It was so amazing that I got knocked up.
0: I actually feel you. So my first two were actually not full IVF, but fertility induced, and I had a miscarriage in between. And my third, well, let's just say we didn't anticipate on having a third. My husband said, I thought your uterus was broken. And I said, I thought so too. So I think along the same lines, I think a lot of stress is yeah. wow it is, it is really amazing how it does that to you i mean they
1: always say when you adopt that happens so i got pregnant in the first month the baby came home i mean it could have been like 2 weeks after And so, talk about things you can do when it's not a natural birth (laughs) directly after. I had a glass of wine the night Remy was born and got knocked up right away. But this, I I had a miscarriage. So, about six weeks into it, I had a miscarriage. And I actually think it's a funny story, but I had a miscarriage live on the home shopping network (laughs) in
0: white (laughs) pants.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm like, uh, you know, life is really funny. So we were like run off of stage or like what, how did you live through that? I only brought white pants with me. And so that was all that I had. And I just knew that that's what was happening. And we had like two days of shoots. Like it was their beauty special in May. And so I was like, I just have to get through these a few days and I'm not even going to go test, you know what I mean? To see until this is fully over. And then I realized, so anyway, that was, then I went to my OBGYN and she was like, you have P- PCOS. I, it was after that, that, then I got pregnant three times that year, two more times, had a miscarriage each time. And I think I finally just found a, my doctor who I absolutely love Dr. Ty Ali Abadi. She is everything. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's so hardworking. She has three beautiful daughters. She's actually fostering a little girl after talking to me about adoption through the past year and a half, but she's a PCOS and endometriosis specialist. And I just went to her not to have a baby. I was done. We're not doing fertility. I'm not having a baby. And to be honest, I actually did not want a biological baby anymore. I wanted to only adopt for many reasons and I ended up getting knocked up. So And it worked. And then they found out that I had a rare, what they think was the rare, I forget what it's called, but it's a rare blood condition where your body clots around what it thinks is bad. And so I had to be on blood thinners the whole pregnancy. So to be honest, there were really easy fixes, (laughs) you know what I mean? In the sense of getting pregnant and then keeping the baby, you just had to be
0: in the right hands with the right doctor. Wow, that's Mm -hmm. an incredible story. And now you have two gorgeous daughters Mm -hmm. and- Wow. Are you done? Do you want to adopt more?
1: Both? I mean, look, I'm gonna be 39 next week. So I'm like, oh, we definitely want to adopt again. We want more babies. But I will say I'm like, how old am I going to be when those (laughs) the last ones off in college, at least? (laughs) like,
0: (laughs) That's what I look at too. And honestly, I don't know how you felt because we were the same age when we had our babies. I feel like I can feel the age, I guess you can say I my I don't Bounce back the same way, per se. I'm tired all the time. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, why am I so tired? I'm
1: like, Maybe because you're up at 5 a.m., maybe because you never stop all day long. You know, it's like, I
0: know where do you derive all this energy from? Is my question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: don't, it's like a dragging leg. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is meditation and just knowing that you know, I'm a spiritual kind of girl, and when I'm that burnout where I'm burnout mentally, that's when it's out. And that's when I know it's more important for me to go sit back and have some prayer time and just focus in on what's important for me, meditate, then get my lipstick right that day, get a workout, whatever it is in the morning, (laughs) skip breakfast. I don't care what it is. Because then once I have that meditation time where I ground myself again, I'm a believer in that everything will get done that needs to be done, or it's going to happen the next day. And I believe that there's a higher power too that if I can sit back and rest, things manifest themselves in a better way. When I'm stressing about it, I'm putting this whole horrible energy out there. And it's just, this is what's happened in my life. And that's why I believe in this. You know what I mean? It's really like just about not manifesting, like believing that kind of stuff. I am such a believer. Like I I honestly, even with Penelope, even though I didn't want a biological baby, I knew I would have one. I knew it. So it was like, you know, waiting for that. You have a strong intuition is what I think
0: internally, like you have a very strong grounded intuition and I can tell, and just this positive energy. So I think, yeah, you manifest.
1: (laughs) And it's actually a great question for business too, because I know you have a lot of women maybe thinking about creating a business or they've just started the first part of it. And it's like, should I pursue this? It's costing money and all in time. It's funny with KO, that was a perfect example of, for about two, three years, I was looking for body care and I could not find it. And I kept thinking, I really want to create this brand. I'm always like, I'm a very creative person. I want to create this. So here's my formulas. And I would think about it at home. And the thing is, I'm not a do-it-yourself kind of girl. And especially with skincare, I don't believe in it because if you're taking avocado and coconut and all that, first of all, there's no delivery method. It's not working ladies. I'm sorry. And you know, number two, there could be bacteria. There's a lot of things that can happen with that kind of stuff. And so I wasn't like, I'm making my home coconut oil schmears <laughs> and stuff like that. But I was thinking about like, what can I really need this? And I really want this. And I had been through so many experiences in life to know that it was going to happen. That was the spark. This is a, going to happen in your life. Get prepared for it. Line everything up in your life. And it really did. It fell into place where my business partner had approached me and was like, I'm looking for body care. I was like, I had been looking for it too. And she was like, I use my mom's skincare brand all over my body, face care brand. I was like, I use like La Mer and La Prairie because my mom worked for them. We got it for free all over my body, face Which is- care for normal people, so expensive. If you don't have a connection, (laughs) that's exactly it. And both of them were cutting us off. And so it is amazing how with your intuition, like be at peace with it, not happening immediately, just start prepping, start doing the base work that you need to do in order to, when that opportunity comes in your life, you can really, it can really flourish.
0: And on that note, just a quick question is your background was in fitness. Yes, you knew about body care, but also to start a company in that, how did you even know about the formulas and all of that? Because some of us are out there like we don't have this. We would love to create it. We don't know where to start. My dad is
1: a scientist. And so I grew up learning everything about nature. I mean, he brought fetal pigs home. He had naked bodies that you would pull apart, not real ones, but you know what I mean? The ones with the lungs and stuff. I had jars of eyeballs. I had weird stuff. So I grew up in a home of scientists and my mom and dad were really into fitness, nutrition, and health. My mom taught me about nutrition as well. And I have just always studied it. It's, I know bodies, that's it. That's all I know. I love them. I think they're so interesting. Through the 20 years of nutrition, through my health issues too, I've tested like every diet, not like keto, not like to lose weight, but vegan, pescatarian, what's going to give me the vitality to live my best life. And with that too, I've tested almost every supplement brand, whether I bought it or they were sent to me. I was testing and skincare. I mean, so with Sephora too, 20 years ago, I worked at one of the first Sephoras. I became a national trainer. So I trained every new employee and ingredients in skincare. I learned from all the creators who would come and meet you, Dr. Paracone, everybody. And so I had that base knowledge of all of it, it and it just evolved through the years to because I I do formulate all of our products from our supplements to our skincare with the help of two different labs. And then those guys, the scientists, the team, the doctors, they go in
0: and they're like, they kind of manipulated a little bit. So. So what is the future then for Christine? Are we focusing on KO? Or are we focusing on your fitness training programs? Like where, where are you headed? Who knows? You know, it's funny how
1: it's all evolved together. Cause I will say I was a professional ballerina. I had no idea what when I decided to quit that at 18, I had no idea or semi-professional, I should say, because I never pursued it to do with my life. But it is a funny how it's evolved into both my health, fitness, bodies and skincare, nutrition together. And I think that's something for women like that's my tip is just to listen to what your passion is. All I know is that I will continue to pursue all of it because it is my life's work. It's what I love to do. It's what wakes me up and gives me the energy every day. Other than my children obviously, are my number ones, but I love doing I love doing both. You know, I'm a mom number one, but I love having that time and being creative. I love having my little daughters with me during the workouts and either watching or being there or working out with me and teaching them about health and fitness right now. I have been teaching fitness for over 20 years. So I will say, although I found a renewed passion for it postnatally, I was kind of tired of it prior to my child because I've been teaching it forever. But I found this renewed passion because I feel like my workouts really did help me pop back. Like I feel good. It's not about what I look like. It was that I felt great very quickly. And I was kind of amazed at how effective my own workouts were. I got to test it on a body that was like, I was on bed rest too, for almost my entire pregnancy. So I couldn't work out at all for an entire year and a half. And then KO, well, we've put a lot of money into it, I have to say. So I will show you, I have a planner. And so 2021 basically just says world domination. So yes, KO is, it's my main focus right now too because not just the money that you put into it, but I, it's just my total passion right now. And I really do. We were the first to dominate and to just disrupt the body care market. And I don't want anybody to take that from me. We're the leader in it. And even in the sense of our supplements, we're doing something that's so evolved and different and effective that I want to be able to grow this and bring it to people so that they can live their best life. Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, I think you are going to fulfill that world domination in life. So congrats to that. (laughs) Well, to wrap it up, I want to ask, what is your mom superpower that you gained once you became a mom? Once like little Remy was given to you that switched on, what is the superpower that you gained once you became a mom that makes you better in either business life, whatever that might be? Really having a faith
1: in myself and in what I speak. I mean, in running a business, I think I used to be a bit more insecure uh, about what my ideas were or where I wanted to go or in meetings and what I wanted to say. Now I know that if I have an idea, I manage the entire team and I make it happen. Or if somebody has an idea, even, you know, some of our chief staff, I want it different. I'm going to, I'm going to have it different. It's my business. And it's the same way in parenting, even with my husband, I feel like in managing what our expectations are for our our children before I like a balance in our relationship. So I'm not, you know, one that I, I will, I know when I need to be like, okay, fine, you're right. Right. But I do know as well now when I need to be like, no, you're wrong on this one. I want this for my child. She needs to start listening right now, like, and then let it be done. (laughs) so it's just believing in myself and my intuition I guess as well and saying no she needs this we need this for our business let's do it if it's a mistake it's on me
0: well where can we find you online (laughs) Yeah. So KO
1: body care, we have KO body care. We have KO hemp, which is our CBD brand, which I recommend to all mommies actually want to CBD. Make-
0: I want to try CBD. Uh-huh. I have not yet. I've been, well, cause with breastfeeding, I was really nervous when yeah. I was breastfeeding. I and took part breastfeeding, eating. but that's just me guys. I'm
1: not recommending it. I felt like if my mo- Actually, there's a lot of research into CBD, and if you take it while breastfeeding, I think it's because it releases the cortisol levels, anti inflammatory and allows you to sleep, which increases your breast milk. So that's what would happen for me each time I took it. But we have an amazing Thrive tincture that you can take sublingually. We have a bunch of products. I take it every night to sleep. I'm not... I could not take it, but I prefer to take it so that the sleep I get is this beautiful deep sleep without a hangover in the morning. Anywho's, I we could go on forever about CBD alone. And I do think it was one of the things that got me pregnant and that healed my PCOS and everything too, because it just anti-inflammatory, endocrine system
0: balance my body all that kind of stuff. I feel like oh, I might need a part 2 on just CBD. Podcast. Oh my goodness. Okay. Cuz I was like, wow, I didn't even know you were in CBD so I have so many questions on yeah. that one, but yeah. we'll have to save that for another yes. time.
1: <laughs> but KO body care and then Instagram obviously. I love adding all my tips for everything on Instagram. So it's Christine Bullock, like Sandra Bullock, I use that of all the time and then KO body care as well. Well,
0: thank you so much for your time and good thank luck. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.